Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I am your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And peace. Yeah, I apologize for, um, you know, not as good audio quality on my end. I'm traveling right now. And, of course, the sound of my voice as I have congestion, really bad congestion. So, and if you hear some thumping, that is not someone trying to break in, or should I say break out, of their chains from my house. It's kids running upstairs. And why do you have chains at your house? Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's just kids running upstairs. Hopefully they don't come down. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Way of Kings chapters 5 through 9. Um, yeah, if I'm sniffling, please excuse that as well. As, again, I have really bad congestion. So, chapter five. Um, so, Shalon, uh, it, it seemed like there was an implication that she was already a ward of Yasna. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we actually come to find that she's not. Um, she's not actually been accepted yet. It's like one of those situations, you know, where you say, like, yeah, I got the job when you haven't gotten the job yet. You still got uh, an interview. <laughs> yeah, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't even interviewed yet. Um <laughs> So she's going for the interview now, and Gesna's talking to the king. Okay, this is going to be hard. Travan, Travangian, Travangian, Travangian of Kharath. And Yasna's asking. So Yasna starts uh, talking to Shalon and asking like for her resume. And Yasna thinks that she's educated in everything except for history and philosophy. And that is like a breaking point for her. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Yasna is asking for a perfect student. Like, okay, this is one of the things I don't get. You want someone who is studious in or knowledgeable in all these topics. Then what are you going to do? Right? They're coming to you to learn. Like, this seems like bad or lazy teacher, right? Um, yes. Uh, teachers who like, like, um, I was always a good student, so I'm not a very good gauge on what a good teacher is for the most part. I think a good gauge for what a good teacher is, is can they teach a student who just has a different learning style or is just like, you know, for lack of a better term, is just not a good student, right? If you're not mm-hmm. a good student, can a teacher, can that teacher know how to work with you? Right. Um, and yeah, you asked, I, uh, I thought asked, that as well. Yeah, I yeah. Thought, you know, it's like, okay, she already knows everything, but, you know, maybe that's the... Yeah, that's where you come what in. What knowledge she could share. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that seemed uh, frustrating for me. I'm like, okay, well then, if you want her to come with everything already done, then what, what's the point? Right. Uh, so to me, that was, uh, but then again, also like, this isn't like, I don't know how to explain. This isn't like her uh, going to look for a teacher. This is like her becoming a ward. So becoming like an assistant to Yasna, who is a scholar. So she's not looking for a student per se. She's looking for, I guess, somebody to bounce ideas off of. So right. if I'm playing devil's advocate, that that's that's it right there. Um, but even and to counterpoint to that one, if I'm looking for someone uh, to bounce ideas off of, I would just look for somebody who has an inquisitive mind, who has a mind that's eager to learn. And I just bring them in, right? It's like, okay, you may not know about this topic, but it seems like you have a good uh, right. grasp on how mm-hmm. to learn things, right? There, there are people who they're just good at learning. You just you can throw stuff at them, and they can just absorb knowledge, right? So she's also a soulcaster. Yes, she has a soulcaster, and I she has a soulcaster. Yeah. Uh, so when she's leaving. Uh, the king's granddaughter gets trapped under a fallen rock, which at first glance I was like, okay, is this just a reason to display the power of the soulcaster, or is there something like what caused this rock? Like, how does a rock just fall in the middle of a palace? Yeah, I mean, was it crappy architecture, or yeah, like, yeah, did they not brace it? Yeah, so something there's something there. I think we're gonna find out about it later. At least I hope I do because that. Something's there, I feel like, because uh, Sanderson is now one of those lazy writers, uh, at least especially not at this point, I think, where he will just make something happen just to display some power. 
Right. Um, and I, lazy is maybe not the right word, but that it's it's a little bit more of an amateur uh, way of doing things. That's right. That's how I would do things. Honestly, is if I want to display power of something, I would make a meaningless plot device happen just so I can display someone's level of power. So I, yeah, we don't see that as much. I think <coughs> with Sanderson's writing. Agree. So Yasna uses her soulcaster to remove the rock by turning it into smoke. So this got me thinking of this. She's changing the identity of the rock. Okay, well, if you're doing that, then you... And this brings up the good point. Not a good point, but this brings up my mind thinking about what about Emperor the Emperor's soul. soul. Oh, yeah. okay. All okay. right. All right. Yeah, we're, yeah, on yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as I read it, I'm like, I guarantee you when Jordan was reading this, he's thinking of Emperor's soul. Right. So, so this is my thing. Was Stormlight first? I think it was first uh, before. I think this book was before Emperor's Soul. But was, yes. the, was this book also before Warbreaker? I don't think so, actually. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. I'd have to look at the dates, but I don't. I don't actually think uh, so. I think Warbreaker is a little bit before, but Emperor's Soul is ahead. Okay, so a lot. It goes a lot. Oh my gosh. Warbreaker released June 2009, and then Way of Kings was the year after that. 2000. Okay, so Elantris came first, and Warbreaker. Yes. Okay, so that means that Way of Kings could have, because it has the Warback, Warbreaker aspects where he's breathing in the stormlight. And then yes, you have yeah. this, this soul casting where he's changing the material, or she's changing the material of the soul caster into. Oh, yeah. Know, and if it follows. If it follows any rule of the transfer of energy in our world, which it probably doesn't, which mm-hmm. means that it's not destroyed technically, it's just changed into a different substance. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not she's not just like you said, she's not eva- uh, vaporizing it, right? Right. Uh, she's changing the very identity of the rock. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to compare it. There, Sanderson. Yeah, I'm trying to compare it to like the Emperor's Soul, where when you change the identity of something, you have to change it something that, that it's close to. You can't just otherwise it doesn't stick. You right. know what I mean? Um, is that is that why it's a soul caster though? Because it's attacking that thing's like original essence. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like this, I think this goes deeper than Emperor's Soul. Like it's more powerful in the sense that, like, like you said with the soul caster, because she's using. <laughs> And I, and I device it like in it's not bound by those uh, or it's like it's bound by the same laws possibly but it's uh because it's stronger she can it like goes deeper it's like it's yeah. going further than yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, because God. remember if you like change like you know something from a glass to i don't know a car because it's something completely different it, it'll do it but it'll last like a lot shorter time so maybe with the soul caster that change in identity lasts longer right so but at the end yasna officially rejects shalon as her ward right and this is when we discover that shalon doesn't actually really care to be her ward she just wants to be around uh yasna to get her soul caster to to advance her family yeah and we'll uh discuss the details as to why she wants a soul caster later but i was just like holy roller coaster of emotions what is happening um because you know, the last time we see Shalon, she like she implies that she is her ward or warder, right? And then, or sorry, ward. Warder. And then, oh, yeah, you got me thinking of that wheel of time thing. Um, that she is her ward. And then at the beginning of the chapter, is like, oh, she's not actually her ward. She hasn't even interviewed yet. And then you realize <laughs> that she doesn't actually want to even be her ward. She just needs a soul caster. It's like, what is happening? Um, right. These chapters are ending in such good, like, cliffhangers. Yeah. yeah. And so far, I know we haven't really discussed the um, epigraphs, but to be honest with you, they're not, as of right now, we can't make much of them. Um, rest assured, I am reading them, and Jordan is as well, but we're just, and, and they're epic, they're cool, but we don't know anything to make of it yet. No, I mean... <laughs> seriously i mean you can have like you can say whatever at this point like oh it's the it's the storm father talking and viewing over these people before desolation or something yeah yeah you never know yeah i agree so um 
chapter six starts with our favorite slave. <laughs> favorite slave? Dude. Okay, so little backstory about the whole series. Uh, what I've been, you know, reading on Reddit, fantasy especially and whatnot, uh, the Stormlight Archive series deals a lot with mental health issues. Um, and, of course, one of the biggest mental health one is depression, right? So I, based off the knowledge that Stormlight deals a lot with that, I'm going to assume that Kaladin has to deal with a lot with uh, depression. And mm-hmm. considering he's a former, like, you know, captain from the military, I'm assuming he also has to deal with some form of PTSD, maybe. Um, yeah. And survivor's guilt, right? Because he has a lot of survivor's guilt when it comes to Sen and some of his soldiers. Yeah, because so, he lost him in the past. He has, he has a problem coping with the losing people that he can't save. Yeah, because remember, he his squad was considered very lucky. Mm-hmm. And then imagine you're considered very lucky with like minimal casualties, and all of a sudden you lose everyone. Right, like you would, ha- you have to have be going with a feeling of like invincibility, and then, oh man, I'm not. Not only am I not invincible, but everyone, yep, everyone's gone. <laughs> that, that's just that's horrifying. So, anyways, chapter six, Kaladin arrives at Prince Sidious. Sidious, is that how you pronounce it? Um, god dang it, um, Sadius. Sadius. Okay. Uh, that was going to be my the, other one. The thing is, is that the audiobook says that, but if we never had audiobooks, we would pronounce it however the heck we think we need to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, and to be honest, the, yeah, 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 I agree. It's supposed to um, and I just go by the audiobook in general because it's just, I just feel like that's probably the best way to do it. So, and to my understanding, audiobook author, uh, uh, audiobook authors, audiobook recorders will sometimes contact the author and asking them, how is this pronounced? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, Prince Sadius is war camp, uh, and he's been assigned to Bridge 4, and Kaladin mm-hmm. tries to convince a woman to let him fight, and then Valk, he, like, intervenes, like, no, 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 no. You, you really don't want him. Uh, and, you know, he, normally he would have openly said that he was a deserter, but he was saying, like, you know, because if you're going to interview for a job, like, especially in the military, Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing they want to hear is that you were a deserter from a previous military. Right. So, oops. Uh, but Valk already kind of outs him and says, "Yeah, he, you don't want him holding a weapon. He's a deserter from a previous military." So, what a jerk. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I did. There are some really good quotes on here. Um, Kaladin's father says something like, uh, "What is it?" There are men who save lives and men who take lives. No, no, that well, that was one. But there was one thing that his know. father says something like, uh, "Kindness is often repaid after like animosity or something like that." Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very good way of putting it. That like in general, negative emotions, negative experiences stick out to us more in our minds than right. positive emotions. Right? If I have a hundred games of I don't know Apex Legends, right? Out of what? Apex Legends. You're I can win. That game. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm relatively good. So if I, if I win 99 games, right in a row, and then on my last game, or the last like, or maybe not even 99, but like obviously I'm exaggerating. But on the last game, if I lose like horrifically, that like I would say like. 40 of my games will just not count to me mentally because I'm just going to be concentrated on that one game. It's just, yeah, that's how our minds work. And so this, I think this quote kind of goes hand in hand with the, you know, bitterness will be repaid before kindness. When he riffed up the yeah. map, like, and Kaladin did it out of anger, right? And it's not like right. what he did was a bad thing. Like he's getting back at his slave handler, right? Like, right. I'm not, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here trying to say what Kaladin did to the guy who's selling him into slavery was a bad thing to do. No, I was justified in the sense that he's doing that out of frustration and anger, but this is right. This is a reality. Right. (coughs) So gas, sorry, Kaladin. I I like how Kaladin starts to, I don't know. It's just like hit this inner monologues with himself, man. It's really not sad because he's just, He's just so torn up inside. Yep. Um, there. Okay, actually, I'll get to certain um, 
flags a little bit. And once I finish this chapter, this, there is something that I would, uh, some stuff I do want to discuss. Mm-hmm. So Gaz will be Kaladin's handler and he instantly doesn't like Kaladin at all. Like he starts <laughs> calling him like your highness or what was it? Your lordship or your something lordship. like that. Yeah. So, uh, he's a stereotypical, like, you know, bad Dirk. guy handler. Yeah. It's, so the yeah. objective is that they need to carry. So I don't know if any of you guys have looked up the like shattered planes, but imagine something like like Colorado mountains or <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah, like very rocky mountainous. Area. Yeah, very rocky, rocky mountainous areas where the plateaus are probably a little bit closer than that. But yeah, the bridge crews are uh, designated to carry these bridges one from one plateau to oh. you know cross over to the other while they're taking enemy fire allowing the alethi army to cross that's awful um but there is some stuff that doesn't make sense about this but we'll, we'll get to that what later. do you mean um kaladin himself thinks about this like why would they do this right like oh, why, why they just use yeah. human lives type thing? yeah why wouldn't they shield the bridge crews Right, because that's just that's expensive. Slaves are expensive, right? Right. Uh, why are they just sending them out there to be like literally intentionally killed? Uh, right. Why not at least try and shield the slaves so they can continue, uh, you know, servicing you? Um, so he he doesn't bring up a good point there. It, it seems like there's a deeper agenda there. Right. Um, but anyways, do you, do you really sorry. think there's a deeper agenda? I, I think there has just... to be. Yeah, that would make sense. Or this dude, or the dude just doesn't care. I mean, yeah, but could you imagine, right? For if you have a military budget, yeah, right, you have X amount of stormlight currency, right, and you're spending it an exorbitant amount on uh, slaves, right? If you have another platoon that's just using it much more efficiently, the general is going to be like, okay, how is this guy's platoon just draining resources when it comes right. to slaves? So, I, I I don't think that the guy is being intentional, uh, intentionally like just uh, throwing away screw. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, the, he is intentionally throwing them away, but I think that there is deeper agenda there. Um, I mean, you'd almost think. I mean, because there's only two. I mean, really, there's only there's a deeper agenda, or he's just a, he's an incompetent person. Yeah, no, he could also or be incompetent. completely incompetent, right? Um, but. So, and this is like a horrifying, like, a job to have. So, mm-hmm. in the entire like bridge four, after one night, only one survivor of the front row, and a and it's Kaladin. Yeah, um, and then the, I mean, I'm assuming that happens like often with this. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he passes out, and then he's later woken up by the windspring Spren, who reveals her name to be Syl. But okay, so there's a couple things I want to touch on. She actually says uh like she quite when he asks her for her name, he says, a name. Yes, I do have a name. She seems surprised as she looked at Kaladin. Why do I have a name? So again, I, I think the winds the spren, the the concept of spren itself is a manifestation. It's kind of like the mist was a manifestation of preservation. I think Spren themselves are a manifestation of the god on this planet. Yeah. But uh, what do they call the god on this planet? The Storm something? Stormfather, I think. Stormfather, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. So, I mean, do you think it's a manifestation of the Stormfather? I could think so, yeah. yeah. Um. So, there I was... Thought, I always thought it was something to do with... The magic system it has to do it has to do with the magic yeah system. i'm sure yeah but, but why else would this relationship be so important that's fair um so and then another thing he says um and this, i'm gonna read this line out the armor felt alien somehow and alien by the way is italicized it had been crafted in another epoch a time when gods had walked roshar so what if it is alien? Well, wouldn't you think? Remember at the beginning of the book, when <coughs> we got the ten swords guys. Yeah, the, the heralds. guys that had ten swords or the heralds. Yeah, I forget their names sometimes, but I would think that there was just armor passed down from them guys. That's what I'm thinking. That that when they're referring to those gods, quote unquote gods, uh-huh. they're referring to those ten heralds. 
But the fact that Alien is italicized here just made me lose my mind. Like, I'm like, okay, are they talking about, like, the 16 shards? Hmm? You think so? Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm reaching there uh, because I really want to find something that's probably not there. But okay, so this 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 happened after the split, then. I uh, stormlight. Yeah, right. I think so. So yeah. I wonder, is Mistborn happening at the same time, or is it before? Dude, after? when it comes to timing, I got nothing on that. To be honest. Okay, fair enough. And then the other thing, uh, so yeah, the the memory wipe thing. The last thing, and this is just more about a comment on Kaladin. Uh, he thought that there was nothing more life could do to him, nothing worse than the slave's brand with a shash, nothing worse than losing all he had to the war, nothing more terrible than failing those he'd sworn to protect. So this is, again, just a commentary on how, like, I think that for he's dealing with this, like, severe survivor's guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever looked up the Shash Glyph? Like yeah, a picture of what it looks yeah, like on his head? I have. It's it looks pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um so that's it for chapter six. So chapter seven goes back to I, I wonder how long we're gonna keep this up jumping between Shalon and Kaladin, Shalon and Kaladin. I bet you it's the entire book. Uh, I have a feeling where I know that there is one other really major character. I, I want to say is Dalinar is a major character in Stormlight, but I don't know if he comes in book two. Uh, so chapter seven, Shalon Davar. So it, this is, um, I like, uh, this chapter a lot and it really, um, these chapters really made me fall in love with Shalon a lot. Uh, and at first I was like, I don't get the hype with her because I know there's a lot of people that like her a lot and consider her to be their favorite character in Stormlight. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really see it first chapter, which I mean, it's first chapter. I wasn't like writing off the character. Right. But these chapters, I was like, okay, I'm sold. She, so as of right now, from this section, uh, she is my favorite character in Stormlight. Um, so Shalan Davar, her house of House Davar is rich because her father was ruthless. Like he was a political maniac. Yep. Um, and which didn't he, turn out. Yeah. And he, they had rich marble deposits, which they would like, you know, mine and sell. But uh, we'll get to that in a second, the marble deposits. And so she wants to steal the soul catcher uh, to actually continue making the marble deposits. Caster? Uh, soul caster. Soul caster. He said soul catcher. Oh, sorry. Yeah, soul caster. Yep. Um, so actually, let's go ahead and talk about that now. Uh, her father apparently it's illegal to create the marble deposits in the way that he was doing, um, uh, and that was the source of their income was that he would create marble deposits, to which then they would mine and then sell the marble. So that's illegal. Uh, why is that illegal? Yeah, it shouldn't be illegal. I mean, there's soul casting and surge and decision and void and with all kinds of crud. Like, why couldn't they use them? That doesn't make sense to bar, like... So the only... Um, there must be an split... after effect. There must be an yeah, after effect. Yeah, there has to be something. I'm sure casting. there's something we're not thinking of. Uh, okay, so the part of me... Like, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned the other show... Uh, but I really like economics a lot. So, like, the economic side of me, for a split second, jumped in and said, well, maybe it's because of inflation, right? If you're just artificially pumping out, like, if you just artificially create things, then that's going to inflate the price. But then I was like, wait a second. If I can infinitely create resources all I want, then the laws of economics kind of go out the window, right? Right, because you can just... There's no scarcity, right? There's the, and then the, the supply is always constant. And yeah, you always exactly. have enough. And so you can sell it for really a low price point. Or you, want, you don't even need to sell it, right? This is a post-scarce society because you can That's just true. make everything infinitely. Make so, it all right there. You don't need anything else. Exactly. So there is one thing I wanted to bring up, though. Um, she starts thinking about her dad's death, I think it was. And then she quickly, like, Tells herself, no, 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 don't think about that. Don't think about that. 
Um, do you think she's doing that because the memory is painful or because there's something deeper there? Uh, I, ooh. Huh. Um, well, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> it could be something deeper. Maybe she killed her father or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, like if it was just a simple, and again, I'm possibly overlooking it or uh, looking way too far into this, but I have a feeling that there's something deeper going on. Yeah. Uh, with that memory right. that she like, oh, don't think about it, don't think about it. Uh, like it, maybe she killed their dad, or maybe her brother's brother killed. Or yeah, yeah. So it's time for him to go. Yeah, yeah. So the some some's up there. Uh, so anyways, uh, she goes to wait for Jasna. Yeah, Jasna. Sorry, and she starts drawing Harbranth from memory. Okay, okay, okay. That's really cool. Okay, what did you think of? What do you mean? What did you think of when she was drawing this from memory? By the way, let me ask, did you read this or did you listen to it? Or both? What do you mean? Well, we can answer that now, both. But what do you mean by what does this remind you of? Am I just losing it right now? I think think you might. I don't know if you picked up on it or maybe I'm drawing conclusions that aren't there. Um, is this not like Coppermind? What do you mean? She's drawing from memory of uh, Harbranth, but then memory, for, by the way, was capitalized. Shut up. So you think that somewhere on her body there's copper? No, I don't think it's copper necessarily, but it's like Coppermind because she, I think, I remember it saying that when she actually draws it out into the page, uh, she forgets what it looks like. So she's using the magic system somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't think it's tied to copper, obviously, because like you know, it's a different magic system. But a lot of all the magic systems do tie together. But it is hundred percent like copper mind. Uh, that's my running theory right now because she says, or no, she doesn't say. The book says <laughs> that uh, when she's drawing it, when she's done, like she forgets what the person looks like. Like it leaves her mind basically, and she even right. says like she drew a picture of Yalb, right? And yeah. she gave that picture of Yalb, but then she kind of give like she blinks, almost like taking a screenshot of what he looks like, so that right. she wouldn't forget him. So it's like a it's a photographic memory with one photo. Yes, and it's just like copper mind, right? Because if you have a copper mind, uh, and then you put your uh, your memories into the copper mind, you yourself forget them. Now, is that true? Because yeah, that's how it was for Sazen. Super intelligent, even without his copper mines on. Who who did Sazen? Sazen. Yeah, but that's um, he used to say um, he would draw on the memories from the copper mine from time to time, then put them back in. To my understanding. Okay. All right. And then that's it. how it would work, right? Like if I would draw all my memories from the copper mine, then I would tell you. And then you would fill your own cover mind. Then I would fill my own cover mind back up. And now we had two cover minds filled with history or whatever topic. And then if you unlock it, no, I'm just kidding. But hey. <laughs> yeah, and then era two happened, and now everyone oh. has access to the public library of uh, what is it called, Terrasman. Right. Um, right. But so, yeah. So you're. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can see the magic system applying in that same way. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely think it is something like that for sure. So, anyways, uh, oh, and the spren creation spren starts uh, sprouting around her, and when you touch them, they kind of like disappear and then they reform. Mm-hmm. So this is—I don't know. I don't know what to make of the spren. I know that there's something there. I'm not—I'm not dumb, but I don't know what to make. Uh, make Dude, there's like 900 types of spren. Yeah, uh, it's and there's. The thing is that there's spread of nature and there's also spread of like emotion. Yeah. I need to quit looking at the copper mine though. <laughs> Cause yeah. Because I, I just I looked at the list of spread. I didn't read all of them or anything, but I just looked and it was it was a pretty lengthy list. The spread of chaos. Um, Death. It's just like tiny little angry looking fairies. Um, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm th- I think of like Tinkerbell. Yeah, I could see that. 
I could see that for sure. When I first thought of it, it was um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen like images of Berserk, the manga. Uh, I haven't read uh, really too far into it, but there's like a little fairy type thing that follows the main character. Hmm. So, anyways, uh, so she writes a letter to Yasna as kind of like a last effort, and then an ardent Kopsa or Kosba. Uh huh. Is it Kospa? Kospa. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I totally. Caps, capsule? Capsule, capsule? okay. Capsule. So capsule. I, I can't remember. I can't actually remember what his name was. I could rewind my stuff and try to figure it out what they said in the audiobook. But no, no, you're capsule. good. So Capsule, uh, he appears and he's waiting for Yasuna as well. So yep. what do you think that's about? Because they never really tell us, do they? Yeah, because Yasna was there talking to King King Travagadala earlier, and now yeah. Capsule is here to talk to Yasna as well. I'm assuming for the same thing. Now, yeah, there there has to be surface, but you know, or maybe there's something that Yasna has or a service that she can provide for these people that would help. So I don't know. That's that's don't, my running guess. And for those of you listening, don't forget that Yasna is the sister of the fallen King Gavilar. Yes. So the sister, sister. Yeah, at least to my understanding. Gavilar. Um, yeah, and so and Capsule comes in and he sees Shalon's art, and he really likes it a lot. And he, he's amazed. Mm-hmm. And he's an ardent, and he's a Herdazian ardent, and that seems to be the major religion. And we'll get to actually we'll get to that in a second because there there's a massive world dump that comes in the next chapter. Well, I want to say massive, just like a little a it's, nugget, it's just a little bit, a good, a good chunky nugget that made me really that made me open up the map and start like. You know, looking at the geopolitical ramifications of everything. Right. Um, and Yasna is an atheist, and he says that he wants to convert her. Or at least implies that. But is it that simple? So he just wants to convert her. He definitely wants a service from her. There's yeah, got to be something there. He, that's his claim. I don't know if I necessarily believe him yet. Um, so he lacquers her art. And he asks her to tell Yasna that he was here to see her. Mm-hmm. And then Yasna appears, and like right as Shalon's about to leave, and she's pretty angry. Uh, <laughs> and she rejects Shalon right away. But then she right. also says, if you learn these next two topics, then fine, I'll take you. And so as six she, months. Yeah. Uh, and you, she doesn't have that kind of time, right? Her, her house doesn't have that kind of time. Mm-hmm. And as she's walking away, uh, Yalv tells her that you know, and as she's uh, as Shalon's walking away, that is like you know, back to the ship. Yalv right. tells her, You should not give up. And so, uh, Shalon gets an idea to you know, oh, study up quickly. So she goes to uh, a book merchant and right. she asks for history and philosophy books. This is where Yelv helps her out, yeah, right. <laughs> This was kind of funny. But in here, uh, he says something like the five Vorin kingdoms. Vorin is a religion. Okay. Right. Uh, so it's five. He says five Vorin kingdoms. And Shalan's like, five. There's only four Jakavid, mm-hmm. Alakhtar, Harbranth, and Natanatan. You call it Karbranth or Harbranth? Karbranth. Okay. Isn't that how it's pronounced? Karbranth. Okay. I think whichever pronunciation you guys use, I think you'll be able to pick up what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I love saying it though. It's a very satisfying sound. Um and they were allies after what after an event called the Recreants. The Recreants, yep. Yeah. And they do talk about the assassin in white which we know to be Zeth, is of Shin origins. And these people are supposedly live in mud and worshipped rocks. And again, this is from Shalana's perspective. Right. Right. So she may not actually have, I don't, I, she's not <laughs> strike me as much of an anthropologist. So I don't <laughs> think she knows what they actually look like. Right. Like, especially in eras such as this, where it's not like, you right. know, internet where you can just like, Hey, hop on Facebook and talk to another guy from across the world. 
uh, propaganda and uh, like perceptions of perceptions. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Perceptions go very far. Um, Earlier, I think Yav said the passions, which Shalan was a pagan superstition. Right. Right. So um, I do like these, uh, and we look kind of this a lot. Uh, where perspectives for different cultures and backgrounds mattered for each character and in the way that they would interact with another character or how they would see another character. So this was really cool to see. And Um, you kind of see that in the first season too when you watch the show. Yeah. So they swindle him to a lower price, like uh, Jordan was saying earlier. Uh, And so this is when she gives a Yalb a portrait of him. And then they she takes, like, like this is what I was talking about earlier, she takes another memory snapshot of him by blinking. Yep. Kind of like. That's got to be some sort of magical. I mean, obviously there's people in this world that have photographic memories, but I think here they're pointing that out for a reason. For sure. So she goes back to the alcove, uh, the alcove where uh, I think right next to the one that Yasna was uh, studying in. And she wants to study up and present herself like instantly. Like she doesn't have that kind of time. So Yasna catches her and then she's like, okay, this kind of drive and then you know fine whatever and then um she also uh saw her paintings or sorry her sketches i think yep. as well as her letter and her letter yeah and then they and then she read the letter yeah oops so one thing here shalon writes a prayer on a piece of paper and she says that she'll burn it later so i'm sure that that's part of her religion which I thought was kind of funny because she considers the passions to be a pagan superstition. Whereas this kind of ritual of writing some a prayer on a piece of paper and then burning it, to my perspective, in my uh, understanding, seems more pagan-like too. Um, unless it's heresy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong or right or anything like that. I'm just saying that like... I don't know if he had written that in a uh, kind of a. I don't know if uh, sarcastic is the right word, but kind of like that kind of humorous manner. But that's just what oh, I picked okay. up like, on. Just kind of trolling. Yeah. So I did. There were a couple of highlights I wanted to bring up. Um, Shalan couldn't help but admire the beauty of the doors. Their exterior was carved in an intricate geometric pattern with circles and lines and glyphs. It was some kind of chart, half on each door. Again, I'm sure I'm reaching here, but is it possible that any of these are alimentic symbols or aeons? <sighs> you don't need to answer now, but I'm just saying that like this is just something that I had noticed and I wanted to throw out there. What about both? Both, yeah. They're, you know, one's a alimentic symbol, the other one's an aeon. No... If anything, I think it would have more to do with an Aeon than it would do the Alimentic symbols. Okay. No, no, that's fair. Um, Just from what we've read about who's traveled where, mm-hmm. and it seems like who's traveled where the most in the realm that's not the physical realm. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe Hoyd made those. Stop it. I'm going to punch that dude in the face next time I see him. <laughs> Kelsier certainly tried. Yep. So, the, and another highlight was when Yasna's thinking back to the memories. And then it's, it says that the memories attacked her. Non-Balat bruised, his coat torn, a long silvery sword in, his, in her hand, sharp enough to cut the stones as if they were water. Yeah, I picked up on that. So... And memories happen to be the first uh, word in that sentence, so it had to be capitalized anyways. But I think that memories is the same capitalized M, capital M memories that she used to, you know, take pictures. You know what? What if, is it Zed or Zeph? Zeph. What if Zeph killed her dad? And that's the bad memory she's talking about. Hmm. Same guy who killed the king is also the guy. I, I could see that. I don't know, because 
just seems like, or I mean, obviously she's describing a shard blade. Yeah. No. Huh. You don't think? No, I don't think so. Long silver. I'm I'm really bad with imagery, but that doesn't click for me. So there was one thing that I thought was funny. Uh, it's just a funny line. There's not much to analyze here. There were said to be logic spread in the form of tiny storm clouds who were attracted to great arguments, but Shalan had never seen them. This is it's. It feels like this is Sanderson's like funny way of calling Shalan kind of dumb. Like she doesn't dumb. make yep. good uh, arguments. Uh, so, so like, is there like uh, this sounds very crude, but is there like? If you toot, is there fart sprint? Is there like fecal matter sprint? You know what I mean? Like, is there just, well, or is it just like a well, nasty sprint? I'm guessing if there's a bunch of people that fart, <laughs> right? Because a sprint is a manifestation of a lot of like concentrated things. Stuff. Yeah. Like, like she was concentrating really hard. So like so, a bathroom house or like a giant bathroom. <laughs> there's just crap sprint. Sorry, that's just, that's uh, just it's like a bunch of poop emojis. Yeah, poop emojis. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, there is one quote that I highlighted, and I uh, the thing I like about Kindle is that it'll tell you what other people have highlighted. So I could tell that really? there was gonna be something good. Yeah, it's highlight. Uh, like right now, I'm looking at it right now. It says three thousand eight hundred eight people have highlighted this particular thing. So smokes. Yeah, uh, usually people do that to highlight prophecies and stuff to reference later. So uh, I'll go ahead and read it now. It says, well, I find myself that I respect uh, is like manure. I find that respect is like manure. Use it where needed and growth will flourish. Spread it on too thick and things just start to smell. And I love that. Uh, it's one of those uh, sayings that like, you know, you can be respectful and uh, a little bit of it is good and it can go a long way. But when right. you start spreading on too thick, then it's just like people start calling you out on your BS. Yeah, like you're um, just, you're, you're not who you say you are. And so there is one last thing I wanted to talk about in this chapter. Uh, when she's looking around for merchants, uh, for, for the, the book. book. Merchant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Yelp says merchants of the same type like to clump together. And he said, it seems dumb to me, but I guess merchants are like fish. Where you find one, you'll find others. Um, it's funny that he says that because this is actually very common practice in Pakistan. Um, there's a lot of street what merchants. What do you mean? Uh, there's a lot of street merchants in Pakistan. A lot. Uh, and a lot of them will be sa- selling you the same stuff. And they're s- like, they have their stores set up right next to each other. That seems productive. It's just... I mean, in a way, it kind of makes sense. Like, if I, uh, uh, a certain area, you know, if you're coming out of a, I don't know, uh, let's just say a baseball stadium, you might set up restaurants around there, right? So that people who come mm-hmm. out might be hungry, so they eat. So I understand the concept. And to be honest, <coughs> it, it, it kind of happens in America too, right? Like, you'll have a couple clothing stores right next to each other. Yeah. Like, I have a Walmart and a Target right next to each other, too. Uh, so, and, you know, we got a Lowe's and a Home Depot right across the street from each other. So it's basically the same thing. I mean, they do that every time. Yeah. So I get it. But I think when you look at it from a... When you see stores, we as human beings are like, okay, I guess that's fine. But then when you see, like, small mom-and-pop shop merchants, like street merchants doing it, you're like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. So... It is interesting that how our minds kind of associate like a quote unquote official store a little bit differently, right? Like it's not a it's not a real store; it's more like a kiosk. Yeah. Um. So that is it for chapter eight, and the final chapter, chapter nine, we jump back to Kelvin. This, 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 these poor people are running. Like, just think about it. Like, let's just try to step in these <coughs> shoes and just imagine this horrific scene. You know. At the end of this tiring, bridge, terrible, grueling run, there's a, I don't know, 85% chance that you die in the front row. Yeah, no, I agree. What? This is uh, this is a uh, not-so-great uh, setup that they've got going on here. I, yeah, what? The chances are not very high. No. Uh, so, like at all. 
yeah, like, I mean, and Kaladin apparently still has that. I wanted to say flat armor, but that luck that he has going on. Right. Um, so, which is obviously he's got a little what do they call it? The P armor, the plot armor. There's a the little P armor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's some P armor there. We know that there is no way they do not take this character Kaladin all the way to the end of the book. At least this one. Book. Yeah, at least this one for sure. Uh, Don't go on compromise. <laughs> so a while has passed since Kaladin joined Bridge Four, and at this point. His, the original crew that he had met with Bridge 4, all of them are dead except for one guy. And him. And that guy is probably Hoyt. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, Shut your... Stop. Yeah. So, so do you think right now, if Hoyt hopped on to Roshar, yeah. just real quick, do you think he'd have... Do you think he'd have all the powers? I don't know. Is he wearing that medallion thing? The medallion thing? The medallion from... Uh, Era two. No, he probably he probably made his own bands. <laughs> I don't oh, know why man, you're talking yeah. about dying. I mean, from Hoyt, we see Hoyt's knowledge. The dude has the bands on. So I mean, give that for what it is. But... Imagine if you had every yeah, magic system crazy. Like yeah, what are you doing? Are you trying to put the freaking shard back together? He is the shard. But anyways, yeah. So Syl gets troubled seeing him that way. Like how he's just broken, yeah. right? Like hopeless. <laughs> And so she leaves. And one of the guys who Kaladin thought looked like his soldiers, um, Tien, I think. Tien is yeah, his so, brother, right? Was that his brother? I, I don't know if it was his brother. Know. I think it was like another soldier that served under him. And this kid looks just like Tien, apparently. And I'm like, no, oh. No, it reminds me of his younger brother, Tien. Was that? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, well, I thought I was going crazy, dude. I was like, what? Yeah, so anyways, uh, Tien looked like dies like right away. Yeah. <laughs> So that's great. Um, I, I, so when I was reading this, I was like, oh, okay, so we might, we might be seeing some, something going on with Tien lookalike there. And he <laughs> dies right away. <sighs> just instantly just poached. I think uh, for a while, we're just going to see nothing but Kaladin get absolutely crapped on. And it might get a little repetitive, but I think Sanderson's just going to really drive home the idea that Kaladin is, a, is in a very hopeless situation and this Dark is going to transform his transform him as a character moving forward that, physically and mentally yeah that will have serious ramifications and will affect his character choices uh and he might i have a feeling this is me pure speculation here that he's going to make some choices that we don't agree with but we would need to look back at moments like this as like, okay, this is the driving factor behind those choices. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Kaladin is hopeless and he just starts to cry. And it, I actually have a brilliant like depiction of like what he's seeing. He says rainwater. Uh, so he sees like a youthful Vedan with reddish blonde hair lay nearby, staring up into the spitting sky. Rainwater pooled in the corner of his brown eyes, then ran down his face. He didn't blink. Like, he's just, he's dead, right? And at first, I'm like, oh, okay, rain. I was like, rainwater pooled in his eyes. I'm like, oh, he's just so sad that he's not blinking. Oh, he's not blinking because he's dead. Okay, got it. Yeah, he, uh, he got roasted. Yeah. So... That, How long do you think they're going to be carrying this bridge? Do you think it's going to be the entire book? No, I don't think it will be. Are you sure? I mean, it, I don't have much to go off of sure-wise, but no, I don't think it will be. All right. So we. I, don't know, I just feel like I feel like they're going to drag not drag it out in a bad way, but this is going to be like whole book on like. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll come back to that later. I think. No, no. Uh, and we're basically done with the coverage there. I think this this has been this is an amazing section. Uh, like I said, Shalana has become my favorite character, so can't wait to see more of her. Um, I will say that Kaladin's, even though I'm, I made it very clear that I do think that uh, Sanderson is going to. Kind of run the clock 
with him being, you know, the slave uh, character for several chapters and just going through this repetitive bridge process and just being depressed and hopelessness. I hope he doesn't do it for too long. Because, like I said, even though I just laid out the whole map of how I think it's going to go, I wanted to go too long. You know what I mean? Because then it right, starts like to... You want him to get some sort of advantage eventually, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, like, don't do... not do Like, because if, if we're going to go to Shalon next, right? And then uh, next time I go to Kaladin and he's still here, okay, fine. Then Shalon, then Kaladin, he's still here. It's like, okay, it's a little annoying, but fine. And then Shalon, then Kaladin again, and he's still there doing the yep. same thing, just talking about how he's so depressed and all that stuff. Terrible. It might be a bit much, but right. I mean, who knows? Maybe his writing style is so good that like he hits us with new levels of depression or hopelessness and stuff, and I just I'm just aghast. Um. So, anyways, next time we'll be covering chapters nine, sorry, ten through twelve. Um. The reason why it's only 10, 11, 12 is because there's actually interludes in there. Uh, I didn't know this was a thing, but so it is. So there's three interludes, Ishik, Nanbalat, and the Glory of Ignorance. Did say one more time for me? I'm sorry. Uh, what chapters or the names? What you just said. Say that over again from the beginning. Yeah, so we're going to be covering chapters 10 to 12 next time. and then. Oh, okay. After chapter eleven, apparently there's three interludes: Ishik, Nanbalat. Nanbalat, by the way, is that thing that uh, she was complaining about. Yes. So. Huh. Yeah. Let's get interesting. This does get interesting. So, yeah, Ishik, Nanbalat, Glory of Ignorance. So we're covering ta- chapters ten, eleven, those three interludes, and then twelve. So I think that should be more than enough for us to talk about. So until uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, no. I mean, again, these are going to be a, like even though we're reading four to five chapters, give or take, these are going to be like thirty-five, maybe forty-minute episodes, only because we're in this world and we just don't know much about it. We're yeah. just we got to go from perspective perspective and hit these big points and then kind of. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, one of the chapters there, though, I think it was chapter 7 or 8, one of the Shalon chapters was pretty long. Oh, yeah. And the other one was relatively long, too, just not as long. Uh, so, A lot of background info. Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't wait. I really want to see the history part of everything. Yeah, if I read the entire book soon, it's, it's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, that'll about cover it from us for that episode. The link tree is in all the show notes. And yeah, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You know the thing. All right. See you all next time. See ya.